Coach, you get to a point where you, you circle a few dates in the district schedule and you say, okay, and I think we all look to the Lake Travis game and then we look to the Dripping Springs game. And then this one with Bowie is always kind of special, and it's a special for probably the right reasons and some of the wrong reasons because in your tenure here, Bowie caught you one time, and I think that was kind of a wake-up call. And when you think back to that moment, well, that can't happen again. And ever since then, it seems like kind of a, a nice rivalry that's that's right in the middle of this District 26-6A beneath maybe Lake Travis and Dripping Springs. Through the years, they have the same staff, Coach Abels and Coach Brandon and, and the, you know, the Pittman brothers and all the guys over there. It's, it's the same crew. And, um, you know, for the most part, this place is the same crew as well. So there's so much familiarity between their coaching staff and our coaching staffs and our program and their program. Understanding, you know, our offensive and defensive philosophies, you know, against each other. And so that makes it a challenge every single year. Um, they probably know us better than most people. You know, they always come up with a good game plan to try to attack us. There's going to be some adjustments early on in a football game against a team like Bowie because they're going to have their kids coached up and they're going to have a good scheme on offense and defense. And there's going to be some in-game adjustments that need to be made uh, early on. The story's been told in our program, and we say it to our kids this year, it's like always, is in 2014, Bowie manhandled us on every phase of the game, on offense, on defense, on special teams. And it really wasn't – the score didn't reflect it. I think it was a one-score game. It may have been like 21-14 to 14 or something like that. Um, but, you know, we just didn't play to our standard at Westlake. We went had an whole offseason to think about that loss. Uh, we went 7-4 and four that first year. We're out of the playoffs. And after the first round, looking around like, what's next? And so we went back and said, hey – we got to right our wrongs, and our wrong was not preparing for Bowie the right way, not playing the level of physical play that Bowie's going to demand that we play at. In the off season and fall camp, you know, when, when it's not a, an opponent on a schedule that week, the, the term and the name Bowie is thrown around, and we will play a good football team in Bowie, a playoff football team every single year. What do you see from Connor Kenyon? Because I know he was thrown into the mix last year, but as a defensive guy, you, you know, you look across and you go, okay, what do they do well? Obviously, Max Barnes is, is the guy. They like to run the football. They're incredibly balanced this year, which is not uncommon of a Bowie Bulldog football right. team. Connor seems to be that guy that can make them go when the run game is not there. What do you see from him in his senior campaign? The number one thing is, is a senior. Talk about consistency. He's head coach Brandon as his quarterback coach, his offensive coordinator for the last four years. He's been probably running the same offense since middle school as well. He knows, obviously, the ins and outs of their offense. He knows where the ball should be going to. He knows what to do when pressure comes. He's talented with arm strength. He's a big, tall kid. Uh, he can throw the ball 60 yards down the field in the air, and that's not something that you can say every quarterback can do every single week. Uh, he can make long throws for deep outs that you know some quarterbacks can't make, that you have to expand your coverage underneath to cover. Right now, as you watch the tape for his senior year, he's just take care of the football. You know, I think some years past, he may have put the ball in harm's way a couple of times. As you watch the tape, that's very rarely is he putting the ball in harm's way. He knows where he's going with it. The ball's accurate, giving his guys chances and opportunities to make plays. A four-year quarterback at Bowie High School uh, under a good offensive coordinator. I mean, he's, our hands are full with, with Connor Kenyon this week. And obviously, Coach Abel, through the years, has gotten his football team into the playoffs and beaten quality opponents, and, and they've made a run in their own right. So they have all of our respect, all of our attention, uh, and that's all out of respect uh, for them and their program and, and their ability to show quality product on the field. There's something to be said about consistency, of coaching consistency a consistent staff for a long period of time. And in this day and age, five years could be a long time. But in your case, it's nine. You have a group of guys 
loving what they do and and not just loving what they do with the ones and the twos loving what they do with everybody on this on this squad and i want to take the time to kind of talk about that because it's very unique to have a consistency in staff like this because you know when one guy's got head coaching aspects you know he'll leave and maybe take one or two guys with him there's never a situation where you see guys hang around as long as these guys have hung around, both in this field house and in Bowie's. And you could say the same for Hank Carter. He's replaced very few assistants on his staff as well. It's a unique situation in 26-6A to have that much consistency. From your perspective, Coach, I know what it does for y'all, but what does it do for the kids to have that, that same group of people teaching them from sixth grade all the way up? So important. I mean, they are learning. The foundation is laid, obviously, in middle school with our two middle school programs at West Ridge and Hill Country. Our coaching staff down there do an outstanding job of giving our kids the, the basic outline of our offense and our defense. And they work us on the fundamentals of tackling and blocking and catching and throwing. And, um, you know, all the while they put in some fun plays for those kids to have fun. And we saw that in full display last night, Battle of West Ridge and, and, uh, and Hill Country. And it was fun to see those kids have so much excitement and so much disappointment. You know, that was uh, it was uh, bittersweet last night seeing one of your teams win and the other one be sad because they lost. And the message to those guys at the end of it was, you know, we have two good football teams that are coming to, to be a great one. Challenged all of our middle school kids last night for that game. and said, I want all you guys to stay together through your senior year. And I want you guys to have the greatest senior class to ever come through this place. And so um, the consistency is, is there for a reason. It starts there in middle school. And then when they get to high school, obviously, we have the same coaches that are watching them and developing them, and we're projecting them to be the next great players on Friday night. And that starts when they get here as freshmen. And you have to have a vision. You have to have, place these kids according to their skill set. You have to have buy-in from those kids. They can't say, hey, I'm only a receiver or I'm only a defense alignment. No, you're a football player, and we're going to put you at the best place that helps you help our football team win. The consistency with our staff being here, those kids running our system, you know, from, like you said, sixth grade all the way through senior years, it's AP calculus, you know, five in our defense and our offense when they're in the varsity. And when you have turnover with staffs and changing of coaches and philosophies and schemes, you maybe only get back up to just calculus. You know, you don't get to get that advanced learning. Uh, Consistency has allowed our kids to grow within our program and our schemes. And hopefully, obviously, they, they enjoy our coaches. And we have one of the greatest coaches in the state of Texas. And these guys care about these kids so much. And I think those kids, you know, respect them as men, equal if not more than them as coaches. Our kids want to come to school and see their coaches. They want to hang out with their coaches. They want to sit in the coach's office and eat lunch, you know, and be around the coaches. That's what family is, and that's obviously you hear it broken down from, you know, at West Ridge and Hill Country. They, they end the game, one, two, three, family. And Friday night or tomorrow night to get Bowie, we're going to break it down, one, two, three, family. And that's consistency. And uh, hopefully that consistency pays off with these younger classes as they come up through Westlake High School. You know, some of the guys that like math, and, and when you say you like math as a 16-, 17-year-old, you know, especially at Westlake, we're not talking about algebra. We're, we're right. talking about some, some high-level problem-solving. You know, hearing you talk about how varsity football is, you know, AP Calculus 5 or, or just these high-level courses, and I start to think about what that means to the kids because it's building blocks. You know, and as a son of a math teacher for over 40 years, it's you got to learn this to learn this to That's learn right. this. And that kind of consistency is appealing because it also preaches stay with it because you may not have the answer right now, but you might have the answer on an 11-play drive in the Austin High game homecoming, and you might get 10 of those 11 touches, and, you, and your name might be Trevor Sabraco, and you might be going in for you know a touchdown run. I mean, I remember talking to Jack Kaiser a couple of weeks ago. He said, "You walk into the running back room, and Trevor Sabraco is like you. You might as well be an All-American. You know, that's that's kind of how they operate. And to watch both him 
and Krizan, and really Kaiser kind of take this leadership role with the injury to Nate. It's really interesting to see with all of the issues up front with the offensive line, that running back room has really become a pretty impressive group of people. There's plenty of games where you click on the tape on the following day, and there's multiple running backs obviously having production. Obviously, it doesn't happen without the blocking up front, and um, those guys, obviously, are quarterback and our, and our coordinators getting our guys in the best possible run. A lot of it has to do with just their ability. There's no doubt. There's some plays where you know, maybe they had a good defense called against that run and somehow 33 made two or three guys miss and, and got positive four yards out of it. And you're like, wow, glad he's on our football team. We'll and take it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why he's out there starting. In our field house, we talk about – being result-oriented and about just finding a way, getting results. And sometimes the chips are kind of stacked against you. And sometimes I call a bad play as a, as a play caller. Sometimes we call a bad offensive play. At that point in time, we need our kids to have our back. Yeah, even though it's a bad look, we're still going to make it a positive play. Our kids understand that. They understand that uh, we're in this thing together. We're going to put them in spots to, to make good plays in the football game. There's going to be times we don't. And our running back room has really led the charge in that aspect this year. You know, I think through this year, very few times have we seen the football on the ground. We're to continue to do that, obviously, as the season goes on. We speak of consistency, and that's exactly what the defense has been, consistent. We talked to Will Maggots about this. There is so much pride in what happens on special teams. And I often say that this this kind of thing in nine years has been – in waves. First it was the offense and then it was the defense and now it's the special teams and the, and the wave of special teams and I joked with with Will Maggots about it it's like it's a special teams takeover this year. I mean there is a demand to do well on special teams and Will brought up your addition each week to a special teams player of the week, the most productive special teams player. And he referenced it because it's almost like a return on investment. You, know, you you talk about maybe cashing in your chips or, or signing your paycheck and, and, and depositing your paychecks on Thursday and Friday nights around here, but hearing a guy talk with such passion about it, and then to have him make a play, obviously, I think that also sends a message to your team that every single job on this football team is as important as the next one. And every single job's earned, and those guys that are on that those teams, they've earned the right to be there, and it's not... Hey, put him out there because there's no other place for him to be. It's no, these kids are fighting and practicing hard and understanding scheme and technique to go out there and make a play when it presents itself. And that may not, that may be on offense, that may be on defense, but there's only 11 of those spots on the field. We obviously pride ourselves on trying to make sure that every kid in our program understands that uh, special teams are the most important plays in the game. We have guys that, you know, may not be the starting receiver, but they are working their tail off they are starters on multiple special teams we have guys that are backup safeties that are multi starters on multiple teams then obviously we have unselfish players like kaiser who's a start running back is going to return a kickoff like Jaden greathouse who's going to be our punt return or, you know he's on our kickoff return team we have will maggots and keaton Quebecca starters on our football team but they're also making plays in special teams they understand the influence the impact of special teams on a football game and how that helps our offense how that helps our defense you know, they're not just running out there and it's not just blind, dumb hustle. It is with a purpose, with intent, and obviously with the level of physicality, just like if we were playing a snap on offense or a snap on defense. We have quality players all throughout our roster, not just, you know, the 11 that start on offense or the 11 that start on defense. I think one of the glaring things that, that comes off a 70 to nothing win over Austin High is the amount of communication. And we, we go back to the Lake Travis game, the Dripping Springs game. You, you mentioned respect respect for the coaches, respect for the players, respect for the opponent, and that's a huge part of it. But the conversations that I see happening on the sidelines between plays, between player and coach, I want to take you back to a moment. Denham Collins has really come on as a corner, but there was a moment in the Lake Travis game where 
he was talking to an official. And you don't often see that, you know, with a player having what I would call a very intelligent conversation. It looked like there was just a lot of back and forth going on. And then it's you, Denim, and the official having that conversation. And I start thinking about when I played, when a lot of guys played, that would have never happened. But the amount of trust and respect that obviously shows on Friday night, not just to the individual players that are on the field, not just the coaching staff, but the respect the kids have for the game and everybody else a part of it. That's where that moment really spoke to me is, here's a kid that has a question, and his coach is backing him up, and there's no arguing or yelling or fighting or disrespect. It's just, hey, I want to play the best football. How can I play it? Tell me where the edge is. And that doesn't happen at a whole lot of places, Coach. That happens multiple times throughout every single game, understanding that the officials are part of the game, the opponents and their coaches are part of the game. You know, there's going to be challenges throughout every single game, and whatever those challenges are, it's figuring out how to solve that problem as fast as possible. What Denim does uh, on a constant basis, he is a cerebral player. He understands the game. He can People don't see these things, but there's times in the game where he is hiding coverages that are so well that the quarterback has no idea what he's playing, whether he's man-to-man, whether he's inside leverage, whether he's outside leverage, whether he's not man, whether he's a hard corner, whether he's blitzing as a corner. There's so many things we do with them, and we give them that freedom to kind of free float and ultimately end up where you need to end up. Give different presentations before the ball snapped, but when the ball snapped, be in a position, obviously, where our defense needs you. He does that so well that I mean, multiple times quarterbacks you know, think they have something open and they look his way and he's taking it away at the snap or post-snap, and now the quarterback just has no chance but to throw the ball into lane three. It just looks like an incomplete pass, but no, that was purposefully thrown eight feet high and three feet wide because if he would have thrown it on the money, number three would have went the other way with it. Those things are coached during the week, there's no doubt, but you still have to execute them, and you have to understand the game and what an opponent is trying to do to you with formations and splits and, and who the guy is that you're lined up on. Is it their number one receiver or is this guy, you know, have four catches on the year through nine games? And, and all that stuff is happening so fast. Put together that you're tired. Put together that it's tempo. Put together that it's, you know, hot. Personal battle you got going on the guy you're lined up against with every single play. Uh, those things are part of the football game. And for Denim just to play as a, a headsy football player on top of obviously being a, a physical player and obviously being result-oriented, making plays. What a, what a talented young man. Uh, he's growing as a football player. His leadership skills are developing by playing hard every single play. I don't, I don't think Denim's ever missed a practice at Westlake High School. You check for understanding, and you see it in his eyes, and you see it in his, in his voice. The best thing about Denim is he's a junior. Then we get him for one more year. So we put him usually on their best receiver and say, go to work. Uh, not a lot of people are up for that task. Uh, you go to one-on-ones every single day in our practices, and you see him at number nine locking horns and – that's how you get better. That's how they both get better. Final thought, Coach, as you tell the story of Bowie, the history lesson that we've already talked about, and as you gear up for a game on short rest, what's the message in the field house as we go into the final two weeks? Sometimes when a guy's throwing a no-hitter, you don't say anything about it. You know, there's a lot of superstition. Sometimes when a guy's going good, you just don't even reference it. But you said something yesterday at 3 and Out Club that jumped out to me. Chasing history. These kids are not just aware They've embraced it. And I think that's different than just calling out the elephant in the room. We call it buy-in, but they've embraced the opportunity of what they're representing with this 48-game winning streak. And it's unique to have kids at such a young age own it, put the target on their back, and go. It's a tall task. It didn't happen overnight. This thought process, this ideal of who we're going to be and who we are and who we want to be. I go all the way back to, to fall camp. We're kind of starting our this football team's journey together I'm in third day of of fall camp we have team pictures you know media day and all the media around and asking questions of kids and this and that and 
you know, everybody at that time was talking about, well, what about the four-state championship? And we've been in two practices, and we're talking about the four-state championship. And at that point in time, you kind of have – got to make a choice. You know, are we going to ignore this and act like it doesn't exist, is not there? Or are we just going to understand, and we have smart, analytical kids that understand where they're at? And we're just going to embrace the challenge is what they, challenge, they, they chose to do. And so from fall camp, these guys said our goal is to win a state championship. And however we need to get there – it doesn't matter. We're just going to get there. We know that if we win every single game, if we win this district championship, that's going to set us up in the best possible position going into Texas high school football playoffs. Our kids aren't shying away from that. And they chose long ago that they were going to take this season and, and you know try to be one of the greatest teams in Texas high school football history. A lot of people be scared to say that. A lot of people be scared to acknowledge that. But not this coaching staff, not these kids, not this community. We know what it takes. Our kids know what it takes. We are at that moment to where our football team has to take another step and get ready for playoff football in the state of Texas. Playing a quality team like Bowie is going to help us in that preparation. Every single week, they got an opportunity to move up that, that leaderboard uh, of the greatest teams ever play. You win 49 games, you're going to pass somebody else up. You win 50 games, you're going to pass somebody else up. You go 51, you're going to pass somebody else up. And it's validation. They are one of the greatest teams to ever play high school football. I don't ever want to water that down whatsoever because it is an amazing accomplishment. But all the while, we all understand that the ending of this book is not written yet. You know, I think some people maybe, you know, across the state or wherever else that's not Westlake are, are trying to write at the ending of the book for these kids. To them, I say, put your pens down because these boys are the ones going to write it. Coach, as always, thanks for the time and good luck. Thank you, Joe.